This episode is in response to those listeners who have reached out and talked to me about martial arts because it's a major part of my life and it's also a major part of many of the listeners' lives as well. So let's begin. When I went into martial arts, it was all about moving towards something, not away from something, and I think that is very important because many people, they find that they get bullied or they get into a bad situation and they want to escape, so they go and they learn martial arts, and, and that is powerful. But there's a deeper drive when somebody wants something for the absolute foundation of what it is, and that was me. When I discovered martial arts, I knew that I wanted to be a part of it. I wanted to join. I wanted to do it. My very first exposure was when I was a kid, and like everybody listening to this podcast, it's probably from watching some TV. Unlike most people my age that got into it from Bruce Lee, I got into it from watching Spaghetti Westerns. There was this guy called Terence Hill and Bud Spencer, two guys, and they were in these spaghetti westerns where they would fight bad guys. I think the series was called They Call Me Trinity or Trinity is still my name. And when they fought, it was kind of different from most actors fighting on their TV shows. And the punch would come in, they'd put up their hand to block it and they'd throw a haymaker right back at the other guy. And I just found this really compelling. Don't get me wrong, I'd seen numerous fights and different bits here and there, but nothing really excited me. I mean, watching Arnold Schwarzenegger beat up 100 people is kind of interesting, but it's hard to replicate when you're a little boy. So when you saw these people have these skills, it just seemed amazing. Similarly, when I saw Bruce Lee and he was doing like all these flips and crazy kicks and all that sort of thing, For somebody who wasn't athletic, it just seemed like this just doesn't even translate. And so I set up my own little practice of of getting a boxing bag that was actually a hessian bag filled up with wool and different things around the farm because I was growing up on a farm. I hung it up on the wool press where we prepare the wool that we shore from the sheep and Basically, I'd, I'd attack it using straight attacks and that evolved into the blocks that I'd seen on TV followed with straight punches or blocks and straight kicks. Actually, kind of similar to Wing Chun, but instead of having these little weak punches, kind of boxing punches, but only straights, never hooks or anything like that. Not because I didn't like them, but I suppose two reasons. First thing is that it just seemed more economical to punch straight into it. But secondly, the way I set up my boxing bag, it didn't allow for any circular hooks or attacks or anything. I also had this way of testing to see if I thought that it worked and that was by having this massive, big, empty barrel and made out of steel. And if I could kick it and knock it over without hurting myself, then it meant that it was a good attack. So I'd throw in these makeshift heel kicks and and I'd hit the bag and I'd, I'd do my thing and and work out and and whatever so that was my first exposure to martial arts as time went on I'd get these books out on martial arts and I'd read about it and go from there I even had the opportunity to test it out one day in the schoolyard I remember there was a bully and 
he started pushing me around. And then as he pushed me, I pushed him back, but really hard. I pushed him right into the shed. And he was angry about that. So he got his right hand and he was going to throw a big haymaker. And I saw it coming straight at my face. Instinctively from all that training, I put up my forearm and just did the classic block exactly like it was on that TV show. The attack was foiled. My right hand was now ready and it was coming straight at his face with a powerful right cross. And it was only fractions away from hitting his nose where blood would explode. I could see it already and I knew how hard I could hit. And then in a fraction of a second, my hand slipped down from his nose to his chest and I intentionally gave him a shove instead of a punch. There was something inside of myself that just flicked and I just felt like I just didn't really want to destroy this guy. I mean, he was a bully, but he wasn't going to end my life. He wasn't out to destroy me. We were just in a schoolyard fight. I mean, my mind just didn't take it to that place there. And this was a trend that developed throughout the rest of my life whenever I got into situations and I'll talk about those in further episodes but on to formal martial arts training. I got into the army cadets and the reserve training and all of this stuff. I was on line to joining the military because this was pretty much something that I always wanted to do and so several years of training at school and going through this I, I started to realise that I was really close to it and It was when I got to upper school, which is in Australia, about 16 years old, in the army group I was in, there was a guy and he was a black belt in karate and he showed me some of his kicks and I was like, wow, this is the first time I've actually been really impressed and seen these amazing moves and I thought I need to have that as well. So I enrolled and as it turned out, I was absolutely uncoordinated and training for about 18 months, I'd watch other people join after me and start to beat me in their skill set after only a few weeks. It just didn't seem like a good fit for me. And not only that, through the training there, I actually had my knee smashed and had an operation. So that put me on the sidetrack for ages. So a terrible experience there. If I had never done that ever, then I would have been better prepared from all the training I'd done. Nonetheless, I recovered and from there I'd moved into the city to study and while I was in the city, I I looked around at all the styles that I could find. I checked as many out as I could. But the problem was that all the styles that I really liked, the hardcore freestyle and kickboxing and these sort of things, my body just couldn't take it. I remember I went to a freestyle club once and we did some sparring and they noticed I was getting beat up so badly that the guy said, look, I'll just defend myself and you attack. And just through him defending through some blocks and moving around and that sort of stuff, not only was I beat by being exhausted, but I actually had blood on me at the end of it and he hadn't even hit me. Like it was absolutely embarrassing. But nonetheless, I said, fine, I'll just... I'll keep training, but I went down and down until I found a system that my body could handle. Now, if you've ever been in martial arts for a while, you might have heard the joke, and no offence to ninjutsu practitioners, because I actually love it, but they say that 
I used to be a ninja, but I've been clean for this many years. In the sense that most of us have tried ninjutsu but found it wanting in many respects, depending on who you train with. I mean, a lot of the time it's, it's a fun club. You go and play with weapons, do some rolls, do all sorts of cool stuff, but, you know, it's not probably the best martial arts system that will save your life or, or get you through the UFC, if you know what I mean. So I joined up this ninjutsu club. I trained really hard. I found that I had uh, ability with weapons because throughout my childhood, I'd also picked up the habit of playing with nunchucks. And I mentioned that in one of the other episodes, I think in How I Beat Bruce Lee. Don't let the title throw you off. It's not something that's egotistical. You have to hear it to, to see what it's about. But anyway, I'd been practicing with those for a long time and weapons just came naturally to me. So I, I progressed through that really well and I got my black belt and to this day I'm still probably extremely strong compared to almost any other martial artist in terms of weaponry. And it's largely thanks to ninjutsu and all the weapons training and that sort of thing. But then once I'd finished that, I knew it was time to move on. So I moved back to another freestyle school. And from this place, I knew that I had a lot to learn because here was I, the black belt, getting beat up by the junior belts because they just had a different level intensity to training. But I was humble enough and I took it on the chin. I I worked my way up the system. I developed some pretty good skills and from there I'd actually see people come in, some, some people with some decent skill like police officers and sports guys and they'd get in and do some sparring and they'd try and throw some kicks and I'd I'd kick their kicks or I'd be dodging their punches and I'd be attacking them and just holding my own and putting some of them down and this felt amazing and I did this for as long as my body could handle it. If you remember I said that I had that crazy knee injury in karate. One day we were doing wrestling. We had uh, element of Brazilian jiu-jitsu just when it was early in Australia and I was going against one of the really high belts I think he was brown belt he might have been purple but we'll call him brown for the story and if you've done Brazilian jiu-jitsu you know that while you're wrestling if you can get somebody in your guard and you've got their back and you've got your legs wrapped around them there's not many places that they can go particularly once you've got your arm around their neck and you're squeezing that choke on. I was in that ideal place. I don't know how I got there because I'd probably get beaten more often than I win, particularly against the big guys. In fact, I never beat the senior belts. But here I was. I was just about to tap this guy out. He was struggling and while he was struggling, he twisted and pop, my knee just popped out. And that was the end of that. I had to put that whole system away because, face it, if I had trained in that system and got to the most ideal place ever and my knee couldn't take it, where would I be in the bad places where we moved on to knee cranks and other things? So I said, well, I like it, but I'll have to leave it there. So it might sound like a counterintuitive move, but from there I finally went on and did Muay Thai. I did my kickboxing. And this is where I also developed more skills. It was crazy experience. I, I developed in this system 
rapidly and my elbows, my knees, my tie kicks, they all came on and I was, at the end of my training there, I was kicking as hard as any guy in the gym, punching as hard, striking as hard and it was a great experience but honestly, I could only handle it so much. I'd go there and train for hours against these fighters and you come out bloody, you come out bruised, you come out exhausted and after several months of this, I'd drive up to the car park and sit there for a while before walking in or even occasionally driving home because it's just something that was soul-destroying. And I really respect the, the skills that I developed there, but it was time for me to move on. Just pausing here, if you ever ask somebody about what's the best martial arts and they give you the generic, oh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu or kickboxing or Muay Thai, you know, they're probably right, but... It's not a one-size-fits-all. If you're not the most extremely athletic or strong or coordinated person, sometimes throwing these people into a kickboxing gym super early on will just end up in injuries and people to quit. So listen to my story and, and see what you glean from it. Nonetheless, I quit kickboxing and I took another direction. Another system that I really liked was Wing Chun. Now, if you're listening to this, you've probably tried Wing Chun because it's just incredibly common and it was so much fun. In fact, I stuck with that system for over a decade and I still train in it occasionally. I learned the system twice to make sure that I got it all right. I became quite good at the chi sao and, and all the aspects. I got my wooden dummy. I play with it still and I learned a lot of great skills. In terms of Wing Chun, you might see the Wing Chun versus MMA fights out there on the internet and a lot of people run it down and say that Wing Chun is no good. The fact is that in a ring sport on its own, it probably isn't that great. But as self-defence, I like to say that it's hands down the best self-defence art there is. When I say hands down, I mean literally hands down because once your hands are down, bringing them up to attack the opponent in a straight line is super quick in Wing Chun. You get a boxer and their hands are down, they're in striking distance, and bang, out, out shoots a, a jab or a cross. But it's kind of telegraphed and kind of moved. But you get a Wing Chun guy in the right range, hands down, and they can hit you once or even twice in these sort of self-defense situations. So it has its utility, and I love it. And the best thing about it is that most Wing Chun practitioners realise there are holes in the system. And by understanding that, they see it for what it is. Unlike many people who do freestyle or something else and say, oh, this is the ultimate system, every system has its problems. Wing Chun has obvious ones, and this is good because we can see it and then build upon it. So I was doing Wing Chun, and while I was there, there was a huge guy and he was incredible at Kung Fu and he had a different flavour of Kung Fu and slowly he started to teach some of the students, the senior students, different bits and pieces, myself included and eventually he set out on his own and took many of the students with him. I went with him and I trained with this style of Kung Fu which was a cross between maybe a Jeet Kune Do, a bit of white crane, a bit of Kung Fu, a bit of everything and it's a really compelling system because it really shows you the mechanics that Wing Chun lacks, the long strikes, the 
the way that the body moves, the way you can flow in hitting, the different movements. It's hard to articulate in verbal form, but all I can say is that this style of Kung Fu was so compelling that I still train it with my buddies today, even though the actual school that we started has all kind of collapsed and we just train in a buddy's garage. See, what happened from there is that when the school just finished up, we were all a bit older, we're in our mid-30s and we're like, well, we don't really want to go to these karate clubs and that anymore, so we just started training in one of our guys' garages and we still do it once a week or so these days as well. So, so that's where we are at the moment. But I've had so many segues. I got back into Muay Thai and my body's a lot stronger. I started lifting a lot of weights and because I was in the right shape, now when I do Muay Thai, it's kind of different. Suddenly I have this power with it. I also took my boy down to boxing, got him into striking and moved on to taking boxing a bit more seriously and realised that boxing is a huge aspect to it. And so I get down to boxing as well quite regularly. But probably my favourite spin-off has been over the last few years is Filipino martial arts or Arnis, and this is stick fighting. The stick fighting system that I do is really fun. It's great to get out and smack sticks. It's kind of like chi sao and wing chun. It's just a lot of fun to do, a lot of flow. You learn a lot of self-defense skills. Once you've got a stick, it it neutralizes a lot of the natural discrepancies between opponents because if you know how to use a stick and the other person doesn't well it's a huge advantage regardless of who you're fighting and so that teaches you some stick and some knife fighting and some flows and I've got my black belt in that and I'm going for my second down black belt quite soon and along with that also take my boy down to traditional jiu-jitsu and cautiously I'm training in that at the moment and finding that there is so much to learn And I continue to do that to this day once a week. So it's a bit of a mouthful to go through all of that sort of thing, but I just wanted to let those guys who reached out to me and asked about my martial arts training, I told them I'd formalise it in an episode, so here it is. A couple of takeaways that I'd say is, number one, as I said before, there is no superior style. There is no greatest thing that you should be doing if somebody says what's the best style for a street fight or whatever it kind of depends on where you are at this point in time don't get me wrong good MMA will probably win in most situations whatever you do but if you get someone who's really weak injury prone throw them into MMA and I've seen it before I've seen people that actually got put into a wheelchair from just training in MMA and these guys just were never meant to do it at least at that stage some people have to warm into it some people do freestyle and they find that that's fantastic usually these people are a little bit more athletic or coordinated and they just give it the time that it needs what I would say is this out of all of the martial arts that I've done I found that there's one secret that I don't hear talked about by almost anyone that does training And that is that by finding the purity of each martial arts, it will make you the best martial artist. So what does this mean? 
Too often you join up a martial arts gym and it's freestyle, the instructors like me or anyone else, and they've just done all these martial arts styles and they create the best system that they know how to. And power to them because what they've done is created the best system for them. But the key word is for them. They've learned all the bits that they need and they've got this amazing system. And sure, you can learn a lot from them. But consider this. You go to see this guy. He's teaching you this freestyle system. He says, oh, for boxing, these are the main attacks that work. Kickboxing, this is it. Wrestling, they've got this sprawl, all this sort of thing. And you get, oh, cool, I get the basics. I get a strong foundation just by trying it all out. But if you were to go to these systems individually, then you just have a greater understanding of the depth of what's involved. So this translates to, say, for boxing, for example. Before I did boxing, yeah, I'd hit hundreds or thousands of times from kung fu, freestyle, kickboxing, all this stuff, but only once I'd been to a traditional boxing gym and I'd hit the pads for several rounds, several times, and sparred and taken it to the next level, I was able to appreciate after doing this for many, many hours that, hey, this is what it's all about. And then when I'd go back and use it in the context of freestyle or kickboxing, I could really understand what the boxing strikes were about. Similarly with kickboxing, you go to a freestyle gym and they'll say, oh, Thai boxers, they do this sort of kick. And you learn and you go, oh, cool, I'll get a bit more power of the kick. But only once you've trained in a Thai gym and these guys are sweating, they're fighting, you're bleeding, you're getting punished, you're pushing yourself to the edge, that you start to realise that, hey, this is next level skills. So once you've really gone to each system, then you can create your own freestyle. Now, the reason I keep talking about freestyle is just that, at least in Australia, everybody, every club has their own freestyle systems out there. There's basically two types. There's traditional martial arts that is sometimes, and not to offend anyone, but is sometimes just like McDojos or created to get memberships from kids, like the massive karate or taekwondo clubs out there. Again, great fighters from some of them, but some of them not so. And then there's the other guys who've trained a lot of good stuff, great guys, great fighters. Individually, these instructors rock. They're amazing. But when they teach, they teach the best of what they know, which is great. But if you are a martial artist or if you have any thoughts about joining martial arts, I would strongly advise just go to the base style and try them first. It wasn't until I actually sat down and did strict jiu-jitsu that I realised that, hey, this is the right way of doing this aspect of grappling. It wasn't until I did Wing Chun that I realised, hey, it's not just like a couple of taps and flow. There's all these forward energy that is only developed over years of training. It's not until I did the kickboxing, as I mentioned, that you've had the power come at you and that you learn how to give the power back and how your stance changes to deal with it and all this sort of stuff. So my best takeaway would be to try each style individually and see how you go. Martial arts has also led me to so many places, including teaching it professionally, being an assistant instructor at different gyms, to winning tournaments, uh, state and national, and it's just been a crazy journey. So if you're not a martial artist, maybe consider it. And 
be open-minded. You don't have to be the Jocko Willinks of the world and become a Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner if you hate it. Just try out the different styles, see what fits you. But like I said, try the pure basis first. I find that this is so important. And as far as knowledge is concerned, getting your 10,000 hours for mastery, it applies to martial arts as well. In order to get this 10,000 hours, it's mostly about training and training hard, giving it focused training. However, when you do train, you want to understand it. So it's great to read about it, to watch videos, to do courses, to just learn as much as you can about it. And when you become really engrossed in it, it's just an effortless process. I mean, if you've been through this, you'll know what it's like. If you're a martial artist, you've probably read hundreds of black belt magazines, you've read heaps of books, watched lots of DVDs, and gleaned a lot from each of them. And I've done the same. I wanted to talk about online products that you can find to help enhance your martial arts. There are two online products that I've found out of numerous ones that I've seen that kind of seem to stand out if you were looking to look at something for online training. The first one is to do with boxing. There are a lot of great training programs out there and it shows you the fundamentals of boxing and that sort of thing. Basically, if you join up a gym, you'll get all the stuff that you need within, you know, weeks or months or years if you're really slow. You'll get what you need more by training. But if you're looking for something different, I found this guy online. His name is Trav from Street Fighting Secrets. And he's got this head fight, head movement program. If you've Googled up on YouTube about head movement boxing, you'll see this guy and he, he goes out on the street and he gets people to try and hit him in the head while they've got boxing gloves and he's not allowed to hit him back. And he just moves his head and avoids all the punches. The reason I found that this program was so compelling was simply the fact that there are not a lot of boxing gyms that go into it in as much depth as he does about how to move your head. And this is one of the fundamental aspects of boxing, which is so sweet. Uh, I told you before that I take boxing classes about once a month. And when I get down there, I always hit the pad for about maybe up to 10 rounds and spar for about the same. But when I spar, after I did this program, suddenly I just was able to dodge these punches that I wasn't able to before and and slip and move and just have a greater understanding. It's not that I wasn't doing it before, but just understanding it and doing it better was what this program really taught me. So if you're interested in something different, check it out. I think it's called Street Fighting Secrets or just type in Trav Head Movement. You'll find it online somewhere. Great guy. I don't get any money for this. I'm just telling you about this amazing program that I heard. The next one is a couple of guys. They're called the Budo Brothers. And the, there are two things about them. First of all, they really go out there and find some really interesting guys to teach. So as I said, I do Filipino martial arts. And they get this guy who teaches a system called Pakomot. And it's a system of ironists or stick fighting. 
and it's incredibly long. I mean, I think it's around 100 videos. It's crazy. And he goes from everything from, from knife to one stick, two sticks, swords, double swords. Uh, I think there's empty hand, there's competition, fitness, everything like that, all put into this one online program. The thing about them also is that the quality is fantastic. It looks like these guys are professional video creators. Like they just have great equipment, great sound, great uh, camera angles. If you've watched some of those dodgy martial arts instructionals, usually some guys just set up a camera in front of them, put up a curtain behind them and, and taught some generic stuff. This I found was incredibly powerful and I got a lot out of it. So that's Pakomot if you're into Filipino martial arts. And the other one was street or self-defense for everyone, which again is a Budo Brothers production. And the thing I liked about this, it started off a bit of a typical Jeet Kune Do series where it showed the different moves and the tools that they have. And I was like, yeah, I've seen a bit of this before. And then slowly it progressed and progressed until they went into these basic wrestling, tie clinch, weapons, different routines, that things that you just don't see that progress really easily and translate to something that you can really take away. The problem is some of the other programs out there, you'll, you'll buy this amazing Brazilian martial arts program. They'll teach you these moves. And unless if you're with somebody who's also right into it and you've got a mat in front of the TV, then chances are it's just an intellectual buzz. This is something that you can look at, you can learn and get a lot out of. So Trav's head movement program and Budo Bros um, programs on Pakamot and their other one on self-defense for everyone are definite go-to programs if you wanted to check out something else. So if, I'll leave you with that. If you have any questions about martial arts or anything like that, let me know. I'd love to, love to chat to you about it. It is a passion that I continue to train in. I find it's the ultimate sport. While your uncle lifts weights, you're getting stronger. While, while your brother's going for a run, you get fitter. While, while the guy down the street is an MMA fighter, you're learning self-defense skills, all from training martial arts. You get all of this stuff as well as a hobby, as well as a skill set, as well as so much more. I mean, people around me know that I do martial arts and not to, it's not for the ego rub, but it's like if there's a, a fair on or if there's a birthday party, they'll say, hey, can you put on a martial arts display or, or something? And, and it's just a great way to meet people, to enjoy, to have fun, to share, to learn, to experience and it's the ultimate hobby. It's one that if you're into goals, you can progress through the belt systems if you want, and it's something that I believe everybody should know. If you're weak, it'll make you strong, and if you're strong, it'll focus you and develop that even further. And I've even seen some people who were bullies turn away from bullying because once they understood how it worked, it, it just didn't seem to compel them anymore to bully others. Just, just quickly before I go, at the boxing gym where I train, there's a story about this guy and he was a fantastic boxer. He was just a natural. He went down to the boxing gym 
and he cleaned up all the opponents that he was with, not to mention that he's six and a half foot tall and pure muscle. He's, he's a great guy. But he would, when it came to sparring, he would just take out people because that's the kind of guy he was. So the boxing trainer said to him, look, you're doing so well. Why don't you jump in the ring with this other guy? And it was just this tough, bikey-looking guy, just someone else who he'd look like he'd be able to beat up with no problems. And the sparring session started, and this big guy who, who threw out his first lot of punches, the bikey guy popped his head down and kind of like on that movie Gladiator, let the big guy smash his punches right into the top of his head. Now, the bikey guy had an incredible strong head, and the huge guy was like, oh, this is crazy. His fists were all messed up by the end of sparring. And he learned his lesson about humility. And ever since, he's been the greatest guy to spar with. Even if he can destroy you, he knows it. And he just keeps it to himself and just does it to progress, to learn and to enjoy. And I think that's what it's all about. So go out there and have fun. I'll speak to you later.